I'm getting older. But the Lord has been dealing with me all week long. And uh, Elder Flowers spoke yesterday at Saturday prayer, men's prayer. And he was talking about honoring your father and mother. And man, that just, God knows what needs to be spoken to you at the right moment and the right time. But you have to wait on him, waiting on him, seeking after him for his direction of where he's leading and taking you. And you just got to wait for him because in that moment when you least expect it, he's going to speak to you. And it's going to be word that's going to affect your very soul and heart. And it's going to do something in your mind inside. It's going to cause you to think different. I'd like us to go to chapter... John chapter 8. You know, uh, the reason it spoke to me a lot was because, man, sometimes you just say the dumbest things at times that... It's like you want to take them back, but you can't. And then you figure ways of how to just make it right. You know, sometimes you know you're in the wrong, and it's like it's hard to do the right thing. Well, it's not, but. You know, when we're human, we struggle with those things. And this is a very familiar passage here in verse 1. And I'm going to read this. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Jesus here is going into the temple to preach. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Verse 6, they say, this they said, tempting him, that he might have no, have, that he might have to accuse him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground and as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, 
let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and rode on the ground. I see these uh, scribes and Pharisees. Now, the scribes and Pharisees, they were chosen by God to take care of the temple of the Lord and the synagogues. The scribes would go in and teach in the synagogues. They controlled there what took place in those places. They were, they were the ones that brought the word of the Lord to the people. They read the scrolls. They were God's light, his people. They were supposed to bring the word of God to the people. But all of a sudden, they bring this woman. And you know, I, you know, I heard Elder one time talk about this. And he said, you know, they brought the woman, but where's the man? You know, and I was thinking about that. I was like, well, you know, yeah, it takes two people. And I really think that maybe the wife caught the man in adultery. And she went and told others about what was taking place. And the others said, okay, well, we'll go grab her and use her for our own personal agenda. Maybe our own personal ideas. I see the Pharisees struggling with God's word here. Coming to the Lord that they might accuse him. That they might have to accuse him. Because, see, when they brought her to the Lord, they were right. They had the word of the Lord. They had the Mosaic law that they lived under. They were Abraham's children. They had the law that was passed down from Moses to them. And Jesus here. He stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. You know, I, I want to be like Jesus here. Because, man, sometimes you got to just hold your peace. You got to just hold your tongue, if I could say that. You got to hold your words. And he didn't answer them. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. 
And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Listen to this. And when they heard it, being convicted in their own conscience. I love that. God gives us an opportunity sometimes. That we could meditate and think about his word and his truth. That we could think about what we're going to say and do before we say it. I see that happening here, giving them an opportunity to evaluate the situation. To evaluate the word of God that they held dearly in their hands. You know, sometimes when I go out to the coop, that's, you know, mainly every night. Because uh, my wife asked me to go put the ducks away because, as I told you before, they're the only ones that don't ever go back into the coop. They never do, Israel. And I went out there, and I grabbed the flashlight, and I'm coming around, and I'm coaching them in there like my wife does. She's so amazing sometimes because she has such a tenderness to them and love for them. And she doesn't talk to them the way I do. She's like, oh, come on, you know your place, you know. And I'm like, come on, get in there. Come on, you know that that's just your place. And I, and I feel kind of weird, you know, talking to myself to them, you know. But I've done this, you know, because, you know, she affects me when she talks to them that way. And I'm there and I'm like, come on, just please get in. And then they act like they're getting in and then they run off that way. And then I go do it again. And they do the same thing again. And there's this little one. Her name is Daisy. Oh, man. She runs off and she starts just, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's whack, 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 whack. And she runs off like she's making fun of me. So I even feel, feel more dumb. I feel more exhausted. And I, you know, I realized that the more tender I am to them, they'll just do what I say. You know, when I, when I use those loving and kind words, Because I know that we're all human and sometimes we say things that can have great effect on others. And we have to be careful with that. James uh, chapter 3, I believe in its verse, he said it like this. I believe it's verse 7. 
We'll just read from here. He says, For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. Verse 8, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. I want the word of the Lord to convict my heart. I want that word when that truth comes to convict me. Elder said it this way, truth confronts what's wrong. It confronts sin. It confronts iniquity. It says, when they were convicted in their own conscience, I'm going back to John chapter 8, and I'm reading from verse 9, and it says, And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the mist. And when Jesus had lifted himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No, Lord. She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. See, he told her the truth too. Not only them. Neither do I condemn thee and go and sin no more. I want to be careful of the way I speak to others. Because just as God loves them, he loves me as well. And I got to be careful of my relationship with him. And what's coming out of my mouth, the way I treat others. Because there's a way to, to say things. Amen. I learned that with my kids. I realized that it was the way I spoke to them is when they listened 
and the way I corrected them. You know, sometimes they wouldn't pay no mind to me because they knew, you know, he said these things over and he doesn't really mean it. Uh, let's go to uh, John chapter 6. Uh, verse 63. See, this is something that the Pharisees missed here. They were afraid of losing their position and those things in the synagogue when they would hear the Lord because he spoke. <sighs> He spoke with authority. They didn't realize that he was God in the flesh. See, the word, oh man, it's like, it's, it's a sword. It cuts and it hurts. But it is the spirit that quickens the word. See that it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Yes, they had the word of God. They could wield it around. But if they weren't walking in the spirit, that spirit can't give life to that word. That's why it's important for us to walk in the spirit. And it brings life to our words. It lets God's love and compassion flow to us, to others, in situations that we're in, in situations that others are in. God's word will be released, but it'll bring life into a situation, it'll bring life into a person. And I realize that because, man, I falter sometimes and I walk in my flesh. And sometimes I'm not thinking of the spiritual things of God. I'm not walking in the spirit. I got to walk in the spirit. I got to let the spirit flow through me. Let's go to Psalms chapter 1, verse 41, verse 3. Psalms 141. Sorry about that. Verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Sometimes we got to pray that, like here in Psalms. 
Incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity. And let me not eat of their dainties. I don't want to let my mouth utter things that are not good. I want to speak of his word. I want to speak life into a person's situation. I want the Lord to lead me and guide me. I want his thoughts, his love flowing through me. Especially when I speak to my loved ones, a family member, those that I love. I want to speak to them. Words of life. Jules, can we all pray? I'm going to ask my wife to come up. Father, we worship you, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord. I pray, Father, Lord God, Jesus, teach us and show us, Lord God. Let your word, Father, Lord God, have its way in us, Lord God. Let us walk in your spirit today, Lord God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we worship you and we give you all the honor and glory. Lord, I pray that you would, Father, reach into our lives right now. Reach into our hearts and our minds, Father, Lord God. Speak to us, Lord God. Lord, we yield ourselves to you and open up to receive of you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, I'm just going to jump right in the word if that's okay. Um, if we can go to Numbers chapter 14. And we're going to go to verse 20. And it reads right page here and the Lord said I have pardoned according to thy word but as truly as I live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Before this, this statement, the Lord had told Moses to send some men into the land that he promised them. He said, go out, spy it out. And they go, and they, they come back, and um, they come back with their report. The Bible says it was an evil report. 
It was a report that caused fear in the children of Israel. And um, they didn't have faith. You, you see what the Lord says? He says, because they have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt. They have not hearkened to my voice. Man, God is good. And he's done great things. And, you know, the Bible says without faith we cannot please him. Being without faith provokes him. They provoked me. I'm going to read another story. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. We have uh, Israel, and they're getting ready to go to war with the Philistines. The Philistines bring out their champion and uh, says, when Saul and all Israel, verse 11, sorry, verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And uh, verse 37, jump down there. You can go and read the story if you don't know it. It's a good story. Bring faith to you. And it says, David said, moreover, after he slew that champion, moreover, the Lord, oh, he didn't slew him yet. He was going to. He was talking to the people. Sorry. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. David had a confidence in God because of what God had done in his life. He had courage because God had wrought victory already in his life. We should have courage. Our courage shouldn't come because I've done something great, or he's done some, you know, he's done something great, or you know, whatever, or because it's, you know, I got a good car and I'm, I feel safe in it, and I got courage. No, I should have courage because he's done great things. There should be no fear in me. We were driving home from Mattawa the other night and. We had the music playing, a playlist, and the song came on, and it, man, it's just, my spirit rose up when I heard the words of it. I'd never heard it that way before. And the words, he said, he said, my fear. There was this ownership. Of fear. It's mine. 
We do that. I got this phobia and I got that phobia. It belongs to me. And we own fear. But do you know that fear is a spirit and it's not the spirit of God? Fear, the spirit of fear wants to paralyze you. It wants to rob you of the blessings of God. It wants to provoke God. Those men that spoke that fear into Israel never got to enter the promised land. They never received what God desired to give them because of fear. Because they did not take what God had done already in their life and apply that to that situation. God can do it all. There's nothing he cannot do. There's nothing too hard for God. His arm is not short. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 6. Start there. The Lord's talking to Joshua. He says, be strong and confident. I'm reading now the Amplified. And courageous, for you will give this people as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God did not give us the spirit of fear. It's not mine. If I have fear, it's not from God and it's not mine. It is a spirit that wants to rob me. It wants to rob those around me. You know, I, um, when I was little, um, my mom loved scary movies. And we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, I had to watch some of those sometimes. And I would cry and throw fits because I didn't like it. And I never had a taste for that stuff, ever. But let me tell you, that's a dangerous thing to do. You're, you're entertaining the spirit of fear. 
How many of us would invite a devil in our house? Nobody? No, me neither. Man. Be careful. Be careful what spirit you entertain. Be careful the voice that you listen to. You know, our world is full of all kinds of excuses for fear. I got, you know, anxiety, and I got to take medication for it. And do you know, like, never in time has that, there's been so many people diagnosed with anxiety. I see it. I mean, I'm seeing kids come in our clinic, five and six years old on anxiety medication. When when my oldest, who's here tonight today with us, um, she was small. I was scared of everything. I was afraid somebody's going to kidnap her. I was afraid we we're going to get sick. I was afraid of everything. And I fed that to my child. And she, I have watched her over the years, have to battle those fears, and have to find victory through them. It's a spirit. And if you're not careful with the way you speak. You can, you can pass that spirit along to people. God forbid your children. You know, we, we sometimes like to use fear to, to instruct and guide, and that's not, that's not good. Careful, because fear is not of God. It's a spirit that wants to destroy, and it will destroy lives. I'm just going to leave you with this. Um, courage is the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficult danger or pain without fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I encourage you. If you have a my fear, that you put, you put the right words to that. It's not my fear. It doesn't belong to me, and God didn't give it to me. And I'm going to surrender it to him because he gave me power, love, and a sound mind. Anxiety, worry, that's just another word for fear. God bless you. Just hand that back to my husband. <laughs> Amen. I want to go to uh, Job. And here in Job, 
I see, uh, I, I think many of you know this story of Job. And uh, here in verse 1, I'm going to read. It said, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And it goes down and it, it's talking about all of Job's household and all the, the good things that, you know, Job had that God had blessed, blessed him with. You know, I'm thankful because, you know, we can be just like Job where the Lord blesses us. And have so much abundance. But you know, God allows trials sometimes in us. He's allowing, he allows trial in us because it shows where our heart is. Where we are in our walk with him. And, you know, Satan tries uh, Job here. Uh, verse 8, he says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side that has blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land? But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said, Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. He went and he's going to go test him. And uh, chapter 2, verse 4, he says, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, because even through all that were his, all his wealth, I mean, Everything was destroyed and taken from Job. Here comes Satan again with another trial. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath, verse 4, will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in the ha thine hand, but save his life. So when Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with the sore boils and from the sole of his foot and unto his crown. Verse, uh, let's skip down to verse 9. He says, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. And he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we receive evil? not evil and not receive evil in all this did not job sin with his lips man job was 
unmovable. Why? Satan should have known. It said he eschewed evil. Man, he had a heart that wanted to please God. He said, he's perfect and upright and ones that, he's one that feared God and eschewed evil. Man, his fear was the fear of the Lord. Amen. And that word there is not a fear like what we think, like a fear of, oh, I'm afraid of these things. Like my wife was saying, I'm afraid of watching scary movies or these things. But that fear was a respect and a reverence unto the Lord. But see, Job's just like us. Sometimes we're allowing those things in life and we're wondering why these things are happening to us. We've opened the door to these things or we've allowed voices to speak into our hearts that put us that... uh, What is that? They make us fear. They give power to those things that we keep on carrying. I don't know. It might be anxiety, as my wife said. It might be an illness. Maybe it was like me, you know, my drugs, my alcohol, all those things. I kept carrying those things. I kept giving them power. Oh, no, I'm not going to do it today. Just one more time. And you give it power. And you give those things power. The more you speak to those things, the more you entertain those things. Listen in chapter 3, verse uh, 25. Job chapter 3, verse 25, he says, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me, said Job. Job was thinking about that. He said it right there. For the things which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Like my wife said, not having courage, not having faith in God of what he can do. At times your mind goes off and starts thinking of those other things in, that are not good in your life. That God's dealt with you and he's told you to take those things out of your life. But you keep speaking to it. You keep allowing it into your walk with God. I know God, he strives with us. And he's trying to lead and guide us, but it's just like a constant, you know, struggle, a constant wrestle 
with those things that we've allowed in our lives. And you're not going to get past those things because if you constantly give them power, they're going to take over you. Job chapter 5, verse 17 says, Behold, happy is the man who God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty, for he maketh sore and bindeth up. He woundeth, and his hands make whole. Sometime... The word of the Lord is going to wound you. Sometimes people in the church are going to wound you. Sometimes there's going to be wounds that come. But the Lord can make you whole. I know he's reaching to some here today that he wants to make whole. He wants you to stop speaking to those things that are setting you back, that are keeping you ill, that keep you wounded in your walk with him. Can we pray right now? Let us stand. Father, I love you, Lord. I worship you. I worship you. Hallelujah. Lord, I lay every wound on the altar today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Father, you know everything that I struggle with, Lord God. You know my every struggle, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, come before the Lord with an honest heart. Come honest before the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I desire you, Lord God, and what you have for me, Lord God. I will not give ear to the enemy, Lord God, to the voice of the enemy. I will not.